Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 12 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Doing pretty well. Cool. Yeah, sorry, that's the whole that's the whole thing. I'm just I'm doing okay, man. Hey, right on. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> You know, sun's shining, not too hot out, having a day. It's cool. Just another cool. just another Monday. Just another Monday. Uh Dave, I had sort of a, a slow time getting out of bed this morning. And you know who else did? The titular Lazy Bones Teacher in episode twelve of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger, What a Pain, our Lazy Bones Teacher. A semi-accurate but totally misleading title to the episode yeah it doesn't quite uh yeah we i mean he is definitely a lazy bones teacher right but it's like the the title of that episode indicates that their problem this week centers around how lazy their teacher is when in fact nothing could be further from the truth Um, yeah and dave we're going to talk about that but of course before we get into it we have our officially award-winning opening segment. Dave, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Our first star of the week, Matt, is Isolation Update. Isolation Update. It's back. <laughs> yeah, it's back after a no hiatus. Uh, we were going to stop talking, doing isolation update, but we figured rather than try to come up with like a new term for it and and <laughs> inadvertently ask Mark to come up with the new stinger. You know, I mean, isolation is just continuing. And so isolation update is a little bit less about now the new, newly reborn, like a phoenix from the ashes. Right. Isolation update is dead. Long live isolation update. Uh, so now I just kind of like talking about like the weird things stemming from stemming from uh, the quarantine and and the COVID-19 pandemic. So right. Like my my mental health is sort of like his it's his hit is sort of static. It's so plateaued. There, right. There, like I'm just I'm where I'm at. Right. There is no longer any in- interest or jokes in talking about like where that's going. But like. My life is definitely still, like, weird, and there are things going on in it that otherwise would not be going on. So, Dave, what's uh, what's been going on with you? How's your isolation so, going? It's going fine. So, here's the really weird thing about about my life right now. Uh, I'm So, I'm a teacher. I'm on summer vacation. And so, the thing is, is that, like, my work situation was very weird up until the end of may and then all of a sudden my work situation became completely normal by which i mean like i wasn't doing my job because i'm on summer vacation so like that's fine but now and this is happening with schools all over the country i'm certainly you know like this is just everywhere 
it's like, well, we're not doing school right now, but at the end of August, we need to have a plan. But nobody's like everybody is on summer vacation right now. And so like, so like, here's the thing. Basically, every teacher in the country, unless you'd work for a private school, like pretty much everybody is in a union, right? Right. Well, as because we're in the union, the union, like we have a contract, and the contract is in place to make sure that like we're not like abused and taken advantage of, and sure. that. Right, the union so like, makes you strong. It's right in the song. The union babe. makes you strong. Like it's in the song, right? And so, like one of the things that's in our contract, and it's in a lot of contracts, is like I am actually contractually prohibited from volunteering. I cannot just say like, "Oh, I'll just come in on a Saturday. It's fine." And the idea being that, like, that way a principal cannot say, like, oh, sure would be cool if somebody came in. Right. 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 Like, I cannot do that. And so, like, it's summer vacation, so nobody's doing anything. I mean, like, I'm planning stuff on my own time just to, like, get prepped. But, like, I don't know what stuff is going to look like. Uh, And I feel like other jobs, they have this the advantage of, like, well, we're just, we're working on it and we're continuing to try and do the thing. But, like, you know, we're sort of seeing how things are going on a rolling basis. Whereas my job was just like, stop in June. We'll figure it out. Yeah, you got, like, uh, but like two, two and a half whole months. Yeah, well, but right. But it's, like, two and a half months of not doing the thing to see, like, what's working and right. what's not. Right, and then just hoping that on the other end of that, there is, like, another branch for you to land on. Yeah, man. Like, we just launched into the ether. Uh, and then the other thing, this is, like, a mild rant, and I guess I'll just have to ask you to indulge Dave, me. Are, Dave, are, are you asking us to indulge you on one of your patented rants? I One I of your guess. signature rants. Is that a thing? No, it's not. Okay. So here's a problem that I've been having is that I'm seeing a bunch of people say stuff like, oh, we need to open schools because, like, I need to go back to work, right? And it's like, listen, my dude, I get that that in the course of educating your children, I am serving a sort of dual purpose Like, I am doing an additional thing, which is I am watching your kids for you. Right. But that doesn't have anything to, that doesn't actually have anything to do with why your kids are in school. And so when people are like, I don't have childcare and I need to get back to work and it's so bad for the economy, like, da 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 da. And I'm like, my man, you are confusing. Your need for your children to be in school for your need for a babysitter. And those are very different things. Yes. Like, I'm sorry that the system as it stands is set up in such a way that, like, you don't have that someone needs to be, like, watching your kids for you so that you can get money to be alive. That's a bad system. I agree. But, like, that doesn't mean that school needs to be open. Like, that's a different thing that you're just, that's a problem that, that's a different problem that you're discussing. Right. Anyways, that's my mini rant, Matt. Patented. Patented. Signature rants. 
Uh, my Dave, my isolation update is a little less professional and a little more physical. And if I might, okay. a little bit sartorial. I'm interested. Okay, so here is a thing. I have, over the course of all of this, lost, I don't know the exact number, but like some weight. Like 10, 12-ish pounds, maybe. I didn't weigh myself in the beginning. But like, it is to the point where, yeah, it turns out if you don't like order lunch every day uh, at work... Um, and just, like, eat whatever vegetables are in your fridge for a couple of months has a big effect. Um, Mm. But here is the problem, Dave. The problem is that it's getting to the point where none of my pants fit correctly, which is annoying to me. And I feel like I should be going out and buying a new pair of pants. But, of course, we are still in the midst of a global pandemic. So I don't want to just, like, go to the store. And also... No one's going to see me in new pants because I live alone and I don't go anywhere anymore. So it's literally just for like when I see myself in the mirror, my pants fit better. And then, like, frankly, when I'm going back to work in X number of months. Whenever that happens. I'm probably going to start ordering lunch. And I don't know if these new pants would survive that, frankly. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in this weird loop where I'm like, man, I got to get new pants. Wait, why should, Why do I need them? Do, and also, wait, do I though? Is that a huge waste of money? <laughs> well, what if what if you did this? Buy one pair of pants. Well, see now, Dave. Here's here's the trick. The, okay, the problem is that I I like to have a pair of jeans and I also like to have a pair of shorts. But very often, as I'm sure you know, the shorts that I have are shorts that I've made from my retired jeans. Right? Yes. Yeah, that is a concern. Now, the problem is that all of my jeans that I could retire all don't fit right. And so I'm back to the same problem, and then I've ruined a potentially fine pair of jeans that I might need again in the future. Well, here's what I would say, Matt. Normally, I'm not an advocate of buying cheap clothes. I would say in this case, just buy a pair. Just go to, like, Old Navy or something. Buy a pair that... You know, it's a tester. And maybe it'll be a tester mat and an inspiration. So what you're saying, Dave, is to get a get a go full H and M on this. Like get something that you know is gonna break down in a matter of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Buy dispo what are effectively disposable pants. I legitimately bought a pair of shorts from H and M once that I wore I think twice before they just tore in half. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is they were linen and like the like the knit on the linen was too loose and so it just like man it just did not go well um anyway hey can we call that two stars instead of one star i feel like we've been talking about this for a while uh yeah sure 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 that's good so then what dave so, is our third star of the week so our third star of the week matt it's a new segment you're welcome, Mark, that we're calling Bun Vulcan. Welcome to Bun Vulcan. 
So this is our new segment wherein we talk about our extremely amateur baking attempts. Yes. Uh, we did also think about the bun also rises. Sure. Under a Tuscan bun, I like. Yeah, those were those were the ideas, but Matt came up with bun Vulcan, uh, and that seemed a little bit more in, in oeuvre. So I have been continuing to do some baking. Uh, this book that I got, this one that Beth got me, is great. I am, let's see, what did I make? I made some brioche. Nice, nice. Oh, yeah, you brought me some of that brioche. It was really good. I did. It was, I was really, really pleased with it. The one I brought you was slightly overbaked. I made some other. So I made some brioche just to try it. Turned out great. I did make another thing with with some brioche. Uh, It's like a cinnamon roll. Mm -hmm. All right. This is like an Alsatian-style cinnamon roll. And uh, I do continue to get a kick. I mentioned this before, but this guy, Jacques, he's like, so he's got a recipe for crumble, like that you would put on top of like a like a berry crumble pie, right? Oh, sure, but he calls it das crumble or something. <laughs> no, it's called streusel, and and, what, and this is what he says. He does not say. He says the term for crumble in Alsace is streusel. <laughs> like I think the word I think the word elsewhere you're to is say, my dude is yeah. <laughs> the German word for this thing is streusel. Anyways, uh, he does not say that. He just says, in Alsace, we call it streusel. Uh, anyways, so it's this Alsatian-style cinnamon roll, wherein instead of just dough, you use brioche. Okay. And then instead of just like a cinnamon sugar mix, you make almond cream, and you put a bunch of cinnamon in that. And then you put in walnuts and raisins and you roll it up and then that's your cinnamon roll. So it's like a brioche mm. almond cream cinnamon roll thing. And they were bonkers good. Uh, I also made I'm gonna make I'm gonna make these tomorrow, but I made the pastry cream tonight, chicory eclairs. Ooh, now okay, Dave, I have to ask you something about these. Because yeah. In my experience, the only time I've ever heard people talk about eating things made out of chicory are like, chicory is like a punchline of something that people use as a substitute to get away from using like other things that taste good. Okay. Like chicory is like a lie that like tricks people into thinking they're going to eat chocolate and then it's not chocolate. You might be thinking of carob. I might be thinking of carob. Carob, yeah. Carob is a lie that people tell when they want to eat chocolate. Chicory is a different thing. Uh, chicory is a... It's actually super French. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can make like a beverage out of it. And it also grows in North America really well. It might grow wild here. I'm not sure. But uh, like roasted chicory root is a coffee substitute. Like if you can't get your hands on coffee or if like coffee is very expensive and you want to stretch it you can do you can do chicory root and it's very it's kind of similar um i think actually the closest th- chicory is is mocha flavored it's like halfway between a coffeeish flavor and a chocolatey flavor but it is slightly also kind of its own thing um some people use it as a sub like i said in france they just drink it cuz it's good um i ha- and beth just both really like chicory as, as its own thing. So I made um, chicory pastry cream, and we're going to fill... So I'm going to make some pot of choux tomorrow. I'm going to make some eclairs 
We'll see how that goes. I think they're going to be very good. Very nice. Uh, how about you, man? Well, I I had an interesting bread adventure this week, Dave, which is that I got... I, I realized that a problem I've been dealing with is that every time I run out of flour for making bread and I get another bag, like get another bag of flour, I don't get the same type of flour every time. That seems like a huge mistake. Well, you know, the first time I got it, I ordered like fancy organic whole wheat flour from something on the internet because I couldn't go to the store. Uh, and then the second time, like, I did get something from the store, but the only thing they had was just, like, all-purpose flour. And the third time I was at the store and they had, like, nice, hearty, whole wheat flour for bread. So, like, by the time I get through each bag, I'm like, ah, yes, now I know how to treat this flour. And then I get a different flour and it all falls yeah, apart. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That sounds like a great idea, except those all do very different things. Well, um, I didn't really run into any trouble until the most recent one, like the, like the heavy or like, like heavy whole wheat flour. And I just made it like I made the other breads. Um, and it was a rock. Like, it was just a lump. Oh, Okay, okay. Um, just, like, you know, like, it barely rose. Like, you could eat it, but there wasn't much. You could not, you could not derive. You could if you. Right, like, you yeah. wouldn't starve if you had this handy, but it was difficult to derive pleasure from eating this bread. Got it. And, man, like, I, I did it one day, and it didn't work. And I was like, okay, I'm going to cut my losses on this loaf. I'm not going to force myself to eat it. And, like, I was lying in bed that night, and I couldn't sleep. And at, like, 1.30 in the morning, I was like, what if I sifted the flour? Maybe that would make it better. But I don't have a flour sifter. So I got out of bed at 1.30 in the morning, and I got just, like, a mesh strainer and, like, manually sifted out, like, you know, three and a half cups of bread flour, made another dough, and then the next day, turns out, that did nothing. <laughs> Oh, bummer. Now, see, I actually have a... This is great because um, Beth, is, in the past, has done a lot of baking, and she bakes bread. And it's very interesting because I'm doing all this, like, fiddly French pastry, mm -hmm. and she has never really done any of that. And so kind of doesn't really know about it, but does have a, a sort of, like, base level of baking knowledge that I don't have. Right. So I'll be like, oh, I had like this problem. She's like, oh, this is this might be the thing. And I was like, like, I've never made brioche before, but I do know about baking kind of in general. And so I can offer you some advice. Uh, well, thankfully, she was also able to offer me advice, which was putting some vital wheat gluten into that bread. Uh, and it's really changed the game on this flour, which I am now out of. But the the last two loaves of bread out of that bag of flour were much much better so i'm excited oh yeah about having that. having gluten just around is a really good idea so uh well matt i'm delighted to hear about your bread what is our third fourth star of the week dave our fourth star of the week i mentioned it briefly last week but i wanted to touch back on it is that i have been playing no man's sky cool now are you sort of most like passingly familiar with this game, I don't remember how much we talked about it. I know it exists, and I had like a vague concept of the gameplay, but I have never played it. Okay, so the 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 idea of No Man's Sky is that it is like a sort of an infinite universe for you to explore. 
Yeah, it's like procedurally generated, right? So you can kind of there, you can just keep going and it never, you'll never hit the end. Right, like you get in your starship and you jump to a new system and in that new system, it's like, okay, there are four planets and then you go to one of those planets. It's like, okay, this is a radioactive ice planet and it has these elements and like we made up these monsters and these plants out of like, you know. That's super cool, yeah. It's very fun. So I played it for a couple of days. I'm like, you know, this is fun. I'm doing some exploration. I'm gathering materials i'm building things i'm improving my technology i'm making my starship better my home base is getting a little more like homey but i i'm kind of losing the thread on what i'm where i'm supposed to be going and what i'm supposed to be doing with this uh-huh. which is always the problem with like a big open world thing and then dave i i jump to a system and there is a like star freighter convoy that is being attacked by, I don't know, space pirates or something. Some hostile StarCraft. And, okay. and it's like, oh, and they and they like signal me. They're like, hey, come, please help me. So I fly in and I shoot down the hostile ships and I get a hail, like, you know, something comes over on a hailing frequency from the freighter. And it's like, hey, thank you for saving me. Please come aboard. So I dock my thing in the hangar bay of this freighter and I make my, which I did not to this point know that freighters existed in this game. I knew that there okay. were star. I knew that there were like space stations and planets, and that's all I thought there was. Um, so I get in there and I get up to the bridge, and the captain is like, "Man, I could really use less stress in my life, specifically the stress of being the captain of this freighter." Okay. Thank you for saving us. Do you want this ship? This is just your ship now. So now I have a f- whoa. So now I have a freighter, and then I find this other convoy. And it's like, oh yeah, there are like five ships here that you can just hire to add to your fleet. So now I've got a freighter and a fleet, and I go aboard my ship. They're like, oh yeah, we can send your fleet on missions, like you know, just assign like like in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, where like you have the Brotherhood, and you're like, ah yes, go to Constantinople and like find this guy. It's yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. but it's like okay, send these three frigates out, and they're gonna go gather materials and I don't know, shoot a guy. And so now I've got like this whole other part of the game that I didn't even know existed until I was in it, and you can like customize the interior of your freighter, and I I'm. I am. I have gone from being worried that I was going to lose interest in this game to being worried that I will lose interest in other things <laughs> to make room for more of this. Well, that sounds rad, man. I Maybe I will. Yeah. Uh, I'll go check it out. I don't know how sustainable it's going to be, but I'm really enjoying it right now. What is our fifth and final star of the week? So our fifth and final star of the week, Matt, is I am finally kind of looping back around to find some time to work on Ghost Sentai Heroes again. Nice. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, Dave, finally... I'm sorry. I just realized that every single thing we've talked about this week is something we have previously talked about. Listen, man, uh, we're doing our best here, guys. So, uh, Ghost Sentai Heroes, if you're new to the show, is a tabletop role-playing game that I've been working on for quite a while now, really. Um, And it is partly like a Sentai simulator, and it's partly a role-playing game. And uh, some people have been cool enough to read the rules and kind of play test it and get back to me. And so this round of updates is really just incorporating a lot of the stuff that people got back to me about, uh, which is very cool. So I'm like reordering some of the character creation stuff and I'm clarifying a handful of things and... Um, you know, just kind of like reworking, reworking a little bit of the rules, just some tweaks and fixes and, and kind of changing little things around. Um, 
So that's really exciting. And so if you're interested, yeah, so if you uh, haven't already and you're interested in hearing more about this game or you want me to send you out the rules to playtest, you can actually email the show at it's uh, just the email address is gosentaiheroes at gmail.com and I will uh, I'll send you out the rules. So that's that's that. Yeah, it's pretty I'm real into it. Cool. Well, Dave, speaking of Sentai, we've got an episode of it to talk about. We're going to talk about episode 12 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. It is called What a Pain, Our Lazy Bones Teacher. It was written by Junki Takagami. Its original air date was May 4th, 1997. You can either watch it on the uh, the DVDs or you can stream it from Shout Factory's uh, website. And it's a good one. It's a Koichiro episode. And we're going to be right back to talk about it in a moment. Okay, welcome back. Uh, so, episode 12 of Mega Ranger, Dave. Koichiro episode. First Koichiro spotlight we'd have in a while. What do you think? Uh, I love it, obviously, because Koichiro is great. He's, he is an excellent, excellent character, and I like him quite a bit. He's an excellent character, but I, in some ways, probably an irritating friend and classmate. And those things are really brought to the forefront in this episode. Yes, it is. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, okay, so the episode starts. Kenta is like running, running, running to school. He's, like, practicing his apologies before he gets to class because he is running late. He's running super late. And right when he gets to class, he does the classic thing where... I don't know why this is, like, a trope where, like, you stand outside the door and try to compose yourself and then walk in as though you weren't running. Because I can tell you as a teacher, if somebody just, like, casually strolls into class when they're late, I'm a little like, hey, man, uh, where were you? But if they dash up to the door, like, panting and say, I'm so sorry, I'm like, oh, well, clearly you were tr- you were doing your best to get here. Something must have happened. That's fine. Come on in. So what you're saying is that, like, a student who is running late should, like, they can saunter up to the door, but they should definitely stop to do a few jumping jacks before they come in. Yeah, do a few jumping jacks and the last, like, 10 feet give yourself, like, a running sprint. And then and then hit the door. That is is a lot more impressive. I think you're going to get a lot of like behind the scenes stuff for this episode. So he rolls in, and everyone sort of and he does this big apology, and then he like rises up from his bow, and everyone is sort of pointing and laughing at him because he doesn't have to be apologizing. He is late, but the teacher isn't here. And as you yeah. know, of course, if the teacher doesn't show up to class. What, what was the old college, like, rule of thumb that all students abided by, but I don't think we ever uh, talked to a it's, teacher about? It's 15 it's minutes? It's five minutes per degree. It's five minutes per degree. So if you've got a bachelor's degree, five minutes. Master's degree, 10 minutes. Doctorate, 15. Okay. That's the rule. So, so if it's like a TA, mm-hmm. yeah. So if it's like a, if it's like a post-grad, they got five minutes. If it's like a TA that already has a master's, it's like working on a doctorate. 10 minutes. If it's like a full professor with a doctorate, 15 minutes. That's a rule. Now, of course, they're in high school, so they don't have anywhere to go, right? Because they're well, just. Well, also stuck in, in the high building. school, you're not allowed to leave. Right. That's a key part of high school, is that you're not permitted to leave but, just because you feel like it. But they definitely so, have just sort of descended into anarchy. Like, there's no teacher, yeah, and they're all is, just hanging out. 
Yeah, they're actually uh, anarchy, Matt. That is, they are being extraordinarily well-behaved. So they're all like, oh my gosh, thank goodness for this terrible teacher that he's not here to do this. Ko leaves to go get the teacher. Yes. Now, he is not going to the teacher's lounge. He is not. Oh, no. He's not going to, like, the, the nurse's office where the teacher is secretly taking a nap, like um, some people do in the middle of episodes. No, in fact, he goes to the teacher's apartment. Bangs up. I love. He knows where this this happens frequently enough that he knows where this is. He pops in. He puts on shoes. He does put on. He switches over to house shoes and then goes and like wakes the dude up who is still in bed. And he's like, uh, Mr. What it? We, it it's the subtitles o- have O-E-Y? it spelled O-O-I-W-A. But I don't know how to pronounce that. O-E-Y. Oiwa? I'm not sure. I don't know. I just call them teach Oiwa? in my notes. Teach. There we go. So the teacher. Uh, first of all, this teacher seems like he's definitely hungover. Oh, 100%. And he's like, teacher, you are super late. And the teacher's like, dude, in the 4.8 billion year history of Earth. Like, what? My fifth. Yeah. yeah like, it's not a, like in the grand scheme of things, who cares? And also, it's warm under these covers. Leave me alone, child. And he is like he has to like fight and drag this teacher out of bed. It's incredible. Uh, so we go to the digital research club. This is after school, and everybody's talking. Even Shun is talking about how much they like uh, Sensei, except Ko. Ko is like, dude, if you're a teacher, you should be a good example. You should be on time to class. Yeah, we are here to learn. And the, th- yeah. and the thing that I think is important is that the other four love this teacher not because he is lazy. But, like, he is that sort of teacher that, like, yeah, he's late to class and it seems like he's not paying attention. But he actually, like, does care about them and is smart and, like, pays attention to their lives. You know, like, he's he's like a real guy. He's not just, like, a cartoon of a man who sleeps on his desk. Yeah, uh, they do. They talk about, like, oh, he's he knows all this stuff and he has all these great stories. He's He's very cool. So we go from there to... The uh, twisty dimension, Nazare dimension. Uh, and Uganda has an incredible plan. He's like, we need a plan of destruction. We just need to blow some stuff up. Right. Like after a like, couple of weeks of like really creepy and clever, great Shibalina plans, Uganda's plan is like, I know what we need to do. Cause chaos. So before we blow up all the cities on Earth, let's blow up just one city, like just to freak them out. Um, Dr. Ed was like, that's cool. How are we going to do it, though? And he says, wait, this is a bizarre timeline that we're about to encounter here. Because they're like, that's a great idea. How will we do it, though? And then Dr. Hennelar says, well, there is like an energy, like a powerful energy field that is is like coming from an asteroid. It's approaching Earth. So what you need to do is capture it, and then you can use it somehow to destroy a city. Shibalina says, great, Molnezare is already on it. He has already built a machine to harness that energy and will then use it to destroy Tokyo from underground. Dave, how would you describe Molnezare's look? He is a mole man. Yes. With, like, this is kind of the vibe of most of these monsters, is that he is, like, Partly a 
bio, like a biological mole man, and then partly like a mole bot. Yeah, person. sort of. And he's, then he's, like he's... it sort of twists up in around him. So he's got one arm that's like a regular mole arm, and then he's got another arm that's like a robo mole arm. And then he's wearing. I can't tell if he has like one big bionic like robot eye, or if he's wearing like a cyclops visor. I think he's wearing a Cyclops visor. Uh, that's sort of like held onto his head with a golden chain. Anyway, so he's got this whole thing prepped and ready to go. Yeah. So, except this does not seem to be like... So Shibalina clearly already, or whoever, already knows about this because Moldesere is already working on this plan. So I wonder if when they say, like, oh, thank you so much for telling us, Dr. Hinalar, like, great plan. Like, they already know. And Dr. Hinalar's like, I have a plan. And they're like, oh. And, like, it's, like, super patronizing. Right. It's like, like the, 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 the process here is that Uganda says, we should blow something up. Dr. Hinalar says, hmm, that's great, but we should have a plan for how to blow it up. And Shibalina says, I already have a plan. It's in motion. People are on the ground right now. So Shibalina is just, like running circles around these other two. Yeah. <laughs> like, by the time Uganda remembers that he wants to blow something up, Shibalina has complicated infrastructure in place to destroy the city of Tokyo. It's fantastic. Uh, so we go, and Ko is kind of running class, and he's like the first, like the class president or the first student or whatever it's called, and uh, Sensei is handing out test scores he's like hey i graded all your stuff everybody's got it here here you go and he's ko gets his uh Kuchu gets his and it's he got like a 52 percent, which is and unheard he's, of he's devastated by this and, he- and the teacher this is so insane to me the teacher's like oh yeah it looks like somehow all of your answers just got kicked over one column. It's like a multiple choice test. So instead of answering A, yeah, you accidentally answered B. He's got like instead a of answering, Yeah. And so what that tells me is that this teacher saw, like, recognized this pattern, saw that presumably Ko would have gotten all of them right, but said... Well, you marked the test wrong. I guess you get a 52%. And, like, that's the grade that he gave him. And then Ko also, like, the driving point of this episode is that Ko feels like this gigantic failure because he got this 52% on the test, despite the fact that he knows he did, in fact, know everything on the test. Right. It's it, the, the episode sort of pl- walks the line, this weird line on this because I think that the writers of the episode wanted to have Ko do badly on a test and have it shake his faith in himself. But they didn't actually want to show him, like, not know the answers to something because he's such, like, a brainiac, like, honor student. So the only way they could do it is, like, well, he was so tired from doing Mega Ranger stuff all the time that, like, just over halfway through this test, he, like, got distracted and, like, just... Like, his eye shifted slightly to the right. So the the big error he made was, like, 
just logistics. It wasn't not knowing the thing. So it sort of lets them have their cake and eat it too with like, well, he did terrible on this test. Yeah. But he still knows everything. But it does kind of make it weird. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely bizarre. And then the teacher's like, well, listen, man, tests aren't everything. Everybody makes mistakes once in a while. It's okay. And it's just like life is more than exams. And then, and then he wanders over to the window and he's like, ah, oh, it's such a beautiful day outside. You know, life is more than just tests. Let's go outside. And everyone starts to cheer, except for Koichiru, who turns to the teacher and says, like, will you please do your job correctly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did get yelled at about this once. I was taking English classes outside to, like, read poetry. And my principal's like, you're not allowed to do that. Oh, but come on, the teacher who lets you go outside to read the poetry, that's like... I know it was classic. I was early in my career, and then an administration was like, "It's a liability problem. You're not allowed to do that." And also, if everybody did that, like school wouldn't function. Yeah, so I you mean, can't I guess be that's like, fair. You can't be like the one guy who does it because everybody can't do it. So just don't. That, and I was like, "All right, fine." This show, this episode, gives such great examples of like the teacher every student wants to have. And the terrible classmate who's always reminding the teacher that, like, they forgot to give them homework. And, like, as a guy who has not been in a high school since 2002, like, boy, like, boy, did it bring back memories. Uh, <laughs> um, so... I don't know. I, I guess I was in a high school in 2006, 2007. I was say, you, that... you taught at a high school. Yeah, sort and of. And did you ever forget to give homework? All, all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, they're hanging out outside. And here's the thing. It seemed like they were going to have class outside. That's not the case. They just go on, like, a little picnic, and they're just, like, chilling out. And Sensei is chilling what I would describe as inappropriately close with some of his female students and like sharing ice cream with them so that's not a great look no that that's probably an hr violation it doesn't seem overtly yeah, creepy but it's one of those things that you should avoid yeah so um there they see creature the rangers are talking and they see creature and kent is like what's his problem they're like dude he got a 52 on the test he's super bummed out kent is like what are you talking about that's like 20 points better than i did what's the problem <laughs> Oh, Kenta, you beautiful idiot. So they then this is real quick. Like, there's a meteor. They're like, oh, what's the meteor? They run and check it out. And then Mole Nezare arrives. And he uh, he grabs the... There's like a little cube. No, it's, 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 it's like a little pyramid thing. Yeah, it looks like a D4. Yeah, it's definitely not a meteorite from space. And so he snags the thing and the... I think it's uh, Chisato is like, hey, put that down, or I'll tell the Mega Rangers you're here, which is a great cover. He blasts them, and now we get a first. I don't think we've ever seen this. We see their clothes on the ground, but they have, like, henshined out of their clothes. Yeah, and so Moldnezer is like, ah, those, those stupid teens. I shot them so good with my laser beam that I blew their bodies away and only left their clothes behind. Awesome. Like a mole Nazare for the win. And then he immediately gets jumped by five angry Mega Rangers. And like they are in like there's a bunch of like putties that are oh, what you know what I mean. The twisty putties. The putties, whatever. <laughs> They're putties. Who cares? They all man, I used to be so concerned about making sure that I said the name of these things right. 
uh, like remember in the first, it was in like the second episode of this show, you were like, I'm not going to call them, uh, uh, what was it in Die Ranger? Dobro, Dobro Dobro's, something like that. In Die Ranger. Yeah, they looked like waiters. No. Cotopoteros. Cotopoteros, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember that, of course. Um, you were like, I'm not going to remember to call them Cotopoteros. I'm just going to call them putties. And I was a stickler. It's like, no, Dave, we need to get the details right. And now, <laughs> season six, episode 12. These things are just purple They're putties, man. Putties. Um, so Mega Rangers are doing well. They're sort of playing keep away with the D4 meteorite to, well, to keep to keep it away. And then... To keep it away, yeah. And then Ko sort of gets distracted and he trips and he drops it. Uh, the Mole Nezare picks it up and they're like, aha, well, now we're going to do attack you. Koichiro goes in to attack him with his Mega Rod. But, like, as he is jumping in to attack, he just, like, there's this flash of his memory of looking at that number 52 and he falters. And that's it, man. He falters. Oh, there is one quick thing that you didn't mention, Matt, which is that during all of this, uh, Sensei has shown up and he grabs the thing and then sort of like ducks. ducks oh, away. yes, that's right. So this is this is a key thing. So he he's gone. The MacGuffin is gone. Uh, Mole Desiree's like, well, now I'm I'm out of here. So he dives away. Uh, <laughs> there is a moment where Miku is like. Hey, are you sad that you got a really bad score on the test? Is that and why then, you failed to defeat our enemies? And then Black like, he sort of stomps away. It's great. Uh, we go from there to the science lab at the school, and Sensei is researching the meteorite. He's like, oh my goodness, this is an energy meteorite. <laughs> so much energy. I should take this. So much energy. I should take this to somebody it, who knows what they're doing. In this acrylic D4 <laughs> with like a symbol etched in it. So uh, we pop from there to I, uh, the Rangers talking to Dr. Kubota. You know what I really liked about that scene with the teacher, Dave? Mm. Is that... Oh, I think I do. I bet I know what you're like, going to say because I like the same like, thing. Like, up until that point, you could very easily think that, like, well, this guy's a lazy teacher. He's probably, like, kind of an idiot. But he's not. Like, he's actually very smart. He, like, finds a D4 in the woods and does a bunch of math to figure out that it's full of energy and he needs to take it to NASA. Like, it's really this moment where you kind of turn on the character. Like, oh, like, this guy's definitely bringing something to the table. Well, I think this is actually a very... This gives us some really cool insight about uh, Koichiru, which is obviously, and this is something that the other Rangers have identified dude knows what he's doing Mm -hmm. right like he is in fact a very good teacher in the sense that he like really knows his subject and is very interested in it and but for ko uh kuichiru he wants that but he also wants him to like hit the sort of like rules and regulations and forms of like education and of being a teacher right which is a very sort of different thing uh and i get a kick out of the fact that like like if kenta liked him they'd be like okay well you kenta likes him because kenta likes picnics right but shun but also really likes, likes him, yeah him, yeah i think that's uh that's a actually very cool character insight about this 
So there's a brief scene uh, where Kubota's like, hey, where's this thing? And everyone's like, we don't know. It's just gone now. And Ko gets up and leaves because he feels super right. guilty because, of course, he is the guy who, who lost right. it. And because Kubota's uh, like, man, it's really bad that we lost that because if the monsters have it, they can definitely blow up the entire city. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, Kubota at this point does not know that it's Ko's fault because, like, no one has snitched right. on him or anything. But Ko knows. Oh, you got me doing it now. Koichiro knows. Yeah, sorry. I do. I write. It's in my again. It, it's in my notes as Ko because it's so mm. much faster. And Koichiro is a long name to write. But then, as I'm going through my notes to talk yeah. about the episode, I do inadvertently find. And you can't just write nobody K. calls him that. You can't just write oh, that would K because that's that. what you have for because that's what you write in for Kenta, or at least that's what I do. No, Kenta's short enough that I can write it. Anyways, none of this matters. Kenta follows him, and he says, Koichiro, dude. Like, come on, this is not that big of a deal. We're heroes, we'll figure it out. And Creature says, actually, I've been giving this a lot of thought. I think the reason we're having problems as as rangers and in my school is that I cannot balance both of them. And enormously to Creature's credit, he says, I the I have to keep being a mega ranger. Like the fate of the earth is at stake. I have to put that before my personal desires about like doing well in school. So I'm going to quit school. I'm just dropping out. And they're like, well, that's clearly an overreaction. And he's like, nope, I've already thought about it. I've it, This makes sense and I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, so he, like, power walks away, goes into the the classroom where the, the science teacher is sort of working on something. And says, like, hello, teacher. Here's this piece of paper. Please hang on to it for me. I'm out. The teacher, like... Accepts the paper, but does not even turn around. She's like, oh yeah, sure, Koichiro, whatever. When he walks out, then we see that it is a... Like, it's his letter of resignation from school. And I don't know if that's exactly... Probably not how it works in the States. Might be how it works in Japan. I don't know. Mm. Well, maybe he is... I mean, if you want to leave school, you do have to... Because, like, you can drop out if you want to. Uh, But there is paperwork you need to file. So maybe this is the paperwork. Right so you, there are circumstances, I should say, clarify, in the case there are impressionable youth listening, there are certain circumstances in which you can drop out. You can't just be like, school is for lames. I'm out. Uh, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> so he is devastated by this. He's like, why in the world would Kuichu drop out? You can see in his face. He's like, Kuichu is my best student. Next scene, we see uh, Sensei is riding home on his bike. He sees Kuichu. Kuichu is looking at, I, I guess it's like his school pin or something yeah so you know i I got the impression not that he happened to run into him on his way home but that he had gone out to look for him oh i actually that does make a lot of sense um i mean i guess it could go either way but it looks better on the teacher if that's what he's doing so that's what i'm gonna choose to decide um so he he drops down he walks over to me he's like hey man have some of this treat let's let's chat like, I, I looked at your thing. This is crazy. And he tries. This is amazing. He tries to offer some really nice advice. He's like, listen, when I got rejected from five universities, I was, like, devastated. But, you know, it turned out to have not been such a big deal. And then Kuchu drops the harshest thing I've heard anyone say at least this season, which is, well... Yeah, but I don't want to repeat your failures. 
It's very brutal. I have it in my notes that like this is actually super good advice, but it is like scientifically designed to bounce off of an overachieving teenager like Koichiro. Yeah, it's like right? the most useless thing he could say. Like, but the thing is, like, he is right. It's not a big deal. Like, your life goes on and you just sort of, you know, you deal with this stuff. And as an adult, he has the perspective to know that that's true. But Koichiru only sees, like, this dumb, lazy teacher who, like, is trying to cheer him up by telling him it's okay to be a failure, which is not really what he's saying. Oh, dude, this is a thing. This is a thing I periodically say to students. I say, listen, I'm about to give you some advice, and you're going to ignore that advice. But but later, you will remember that I said it and kick yourself for not listening to your teacher. Yes, yes, exactly that. And then I say, and then hopefully when you remember not listening to the advice that I'm giving you now and how you should have listened to it, you will maybe remember some of the other advice I have given you before it's too late and you will follow that advice. Just I just recognize that there's like a five- lost opportunity advice buffer before you're going to remember listening to anything that I've told you. Uh, so I'm just kind of trying to pad that buffer out. So he's like, listen, so man, the, yeah. the key is that, yes, I did fail, but I learned from my failures and I used them to grow. So just don't like, don't give up. That's the key. Yeah. Like, like you if- can't let one failure knock you out of the game. Right, like, even if you have multiple failures, if you keep going, listen, you're not going to fail at everything. Like, keep going through the failures to find the things that you're going to succeed at. Again, great advice. Not listening to him at all. Yeah, no. Anyway, then a giant mole monster attacks them. (laughs) Yeah, which is actually, I feel like if you're a Power Ranger, that's a great, like, social out. Like, any socially... Any situation that's, like, socially awkward enough will, like, summon a monster. So you can just avoid all those terrible moments. So the mole... Mole pops up. He's not looking for Kuichiru because he has no idea that Kuichiru is a Mega Ranger. Yeah. He's he also not tr- even looking for Sensei. Yeah, yeah. He just happens to find him because he's got the energy meteorite in his pocket. So he grabs the dude... Like, jumps back down this hole that he had burrowed up through. is like, no, 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 no you don't. Not getting away from me this time. And just dives down the hole and transforms, like, halfway between the surface and whatever, like, subterranean cavern they land in. Yeah, it's a real dope move. Uh, they fight down there for a few minutes. Kuichiro is able to, like, knock the meteorite which is all sometimes being referred to as an energy field. Like yeah. it's like it's not that that came from an energy field or that it emits an energy field. Is that that is the energy it field? It is itself. Somehow, some, yeah, I don't for know. whatever reason. So, <laughs> uh, basically, there's a there's a very cool tunnel set. It does look familiar. It looks like the tunnel set from. When the Kaku Rangers were chasing um, Azukirai through a cave, it might just be the same cave set, is what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe. So they uh, mole grabs the meteorite, and then there's a solo fight with Black. 
Uh, Sensei runs. He grabs the meteorite again, and he says, I know I can't let him get the meteorite. So his plan is to swallow it, which in the moment, I guess is like, first of all, that thing is friggin' huge. It's enormous. It's like, it's the size of a golf ball, but a pyramid. Like, there's no way that he is actually able to swallow this thing. And if he is, he has ruined his insides forever. Yeah, but then also, like, man, do you look at Molnesere and think to yourself, no way would that horrifying space monster just literally cut me open to get the thing that he wants? Okay, so Molnesere knocks them both out. We cut to them, they're like tied up in a warehouse, right? They're both like tied to a pole. And they both come to, the teacher's like, oh man, you're a Mega Ranger. Man, it's cool to meet you. Well, he uh, asks, well what he says is, hey, are you a Mega, he asks first, like, are you a Mega Ranger? As he's sitting there, like, very obviously a Mega Ranger. Maybe he's just like, listen, this guy lost the fight. Maybe he's just a guy dressed up as a Mega Ranger. I want to be reassured by the idea that a superhero is here with me. I'm just going to double check. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, Kuitru says, he's like, all right. He's like, I actually, I got a plan. I can, I can figure this out. So here's what I'm going to do. Like, I can I can scan. I can send a message. I, I got a satellite in my brain. Right. He's, he can't get through this interference. And he looks around with his scanner, and there's like a jamming dish, like some sort of radio satellite dish is creating a jamming signal. And he's like, oh, no, I failed again. And then the sensei looks over at him and gives him a look that, to me, very clearly reads as, oh, you're Koichiru, aren't you? Right. Koichiru is Mega Black. Me- I Koichiru know this Mega now. Black. I, right. I'm not going to mention it because you're clearly invested in having a secret identity but you are definitely my student, Koichiru. And he, what he says is, you remind me of a student I have. Not Koichiru. He gets very upset about tiny mistakes. And right, I keep like, trying he, to tell him... He, he is a huge overachiever, just like you. Just like you. And he gets really torqued up about tiny mistakes. Now, in Koichiru's defense, I will say that this tiny mistake... Because, like, what Sensei says is, like, it's not the end of the world. Well, in this case, it actually kind of is. Yeah, it might be. Um, But Sensei gives him, like, a really good pep talk. He's like, listen, man. Like, everybody fails sometimes. It's part of being human. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, You know, it's like the Alfred pep talk that he gives Batman, right? Like, why do we fall off the horse Master Wayne so we can get back on? He does this whole thing. Uh, Then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it has the best ending possible, which is Moldesri just walks over and like jacks Mega Black in the head. And it says, what are you two talking about? <laughs> it's like, here's what's going to happen. You've got that thing in your stomach, but I don't care about you. I just need that thing that's in your stomach to be inside that machine so it can absorb the energy. So you're going in the machine. It'll absorb all of your energy, and then it will absorb all of the energy from the thing, and then I will destroy Tokyo. Yeah. You and have Gucci's saved like, nothing. She was like, but that will kill him. And Moldesere says, I don't care. Yeah. I only waited for you to wake up so that I could hear your screams. He doesn't say that, but like, come on. Moldesere is a mean person. Well, a mean mole. He throws the teacher into the machine 
And again, Koichiro starts to despair. And as his energy is being sucked out and he is being killed by this machine, he doesn't die. As this machine is beginning the process that would kill the teacher, the teacher shouts out to Mega Black. He's like, hey man, don't give up. You haven't failed this challenge. Like, you're still in the middle of it. You can pull this out. Yeah. And then he kind of rage, uh, he, Koichiro, sort of like rages out, well, Mega Black, like rages out and he breaks his bonds open and he jumps up and he says, Sensei! Which again does kind of blow your cover, Mega Black. Right. Um, He's like, no, I mean, I mean, a teacher, not necessarily mine. My, yeah. So you just he, mentioned having a student earlier. So I thought that might be your profession. <laughs> so. Uh, he manages to get the message out a little bit. We get a quick shot. Everybody kind of gets half the message. We're like, we're not really sure what that was, but we can track the signal. Great. Yes. So they hop in a vehicle that I forgot they had. Uh, it's their... The D- Digitank, right? Digitank. Yeah, Digitank. They hop in that, and they're tracing the signal. They drive all over Tokyo until they can find it. They crash through a wall, because that's what this thing does, basically, is it tracks signals and crashes through walls. Um, and they carries show up. them where they need to go, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. They show up sort of as Koichiru. Like, he has been managing to keep things afloat, but, like, the fight is starting to turn against him, just as his friends arrive. Once they arrive... He, like, takes that opportunity to pull the teacher out of the machine and then destroy the machine. They all hop back in the Digitank and drive back out through the crashed wall just as the building blows up. Or, you know, the interior of the building has an explosion. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So they're like, wow, Mega Black, like, you did it. That was awesome. And he's like, no, it was thanks to my teacher. And then Mold Desiree is back, and then uh, Black runs in. I forget what he says. He says something real dope. Great review, Dave. Uh, and yeah. he just solo fights Mold Desiree again. This oh, is he goes I... absolutely beast mode. I yeah. love it. The thing that I did think was interesting is that he is dropping a lot of like Yellow Ranger style moves, specifically that move where he like just picks him up and spins around and throws him. Mm-hmm. I, I think of that as being kind of a classic Yellow move. And Black, uh, Mega Black is dropping it. Also, Mega Black uh, hits Molnezere in Molnezere. He hits him with his elbow so hard that all of the fingers break, like the claw fingers, just break fully off of Molnezere's hand. Very good. Yeah, uh, and I really only mention it because I think it's another interesting, like, kind of twist. That they're like tweaking who, like what rangers do what and what kind of like attitudes and skills and moves and stuff are associated with with which color um, mm-hmm. a little bit, change, changing things up. And I just think it's cool. Anyway, so uh, Mega Black is about to kill Molnezere. Before he's able to, BBDB pops in and Molnezere is like, yes, infect me with the Gigantovirus. Uh, he gets infected with a Gigantovirus, uh, and now it is a giant versus mega or galaxy mega fight, which is yeah. very cool because once they get into the cockpit, Kuichiro is like still all fired up about this. Dude, this is so great. So Red, of course, sits in the main spot where he always sits, and then he says, or Kuichiro says, "Hey, actually, like, let me do this one." And, Kui- and Kenta says, to his credit. Like, yeah, dog, you got this. And Koichiru sits in the main seat 
and then it is on. Yeah, and like the this fight does not last particularly long. Uh, but Koichiro just conti- like the degree to which he wrecked Mega or Mega Mole uh, Mole Nazare on yeah. the ground. Like he just does that again, but bigger and with a laser sword. The fight ends. He turns the Mega Saber into the energy whip thing and stabs it through Mole Nazare's middle. Right, but then instead of just letting that kill him, he like hoists him up. And is just holding the sword aloft with Mole Nezere, like, impaled on it, and then he explodes. Yeah, um... <laughs> it's a good move. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's kind of, I mean, that's the end of the fight. The, the episode ends the next day, they're back at school. They're talking about how, like, yes, we did it, great for us. Uh, and then the camera cuts away, and Ko is riding his bike into school. And on the back of the bike is the teacher who is still kind of half asleep and complaining that Ko is dragging him to class. But, like, this time, Ko is like, well, I'm still definitely going to, like, you know, drag you kicking and screaming into school. But, like, it's fun for both of us now. I'm going to be fun about it. It'll be cool and cheerful. This is like a bonding thing and not, like, an abusive thing. (laughs) Anyway, great episode. Fun Koichiru spotlight. Um, That's the end of that episode. But, David, of course... It is not the end of our episode, because first we need to determine where Mole Nazare lands in the Creature Royale. Now, Matt, I gotta say, I feel like there is another mole monster somewhere, oh, but gosh. I can't I mean, almost where. certainly. Right? I mean, the word mole doesn't come up on the list, so if it's in there, it's not quite that obvious. But as a monster, uh, he's got a plan, which is to blow up a city. He's got a machine that does it. That's not crazy. He does have a real, he has a high moment, which I think is like, well, I don't care about you. I just care about the energy field, and I know it's in your stomach, so I'll just chuck you in the machine. And then when confronted that this will be the death of this man, says, I don't care. I'm blowing up the city anyways. That's the point. So his plan isn't original or interesting, but he does carry it out with a fair bit of panache, I would say. Yeah, Molnesere has a sort of ruthlessness to him that does not always uh, come through in these monsters. And I like that about him. He's got sort of cool shades, and I like that. Um, Other than that, his look is not particularly cool. Yeah... So like he's not nothing, right? Like later yeah, when you nothing. say that when you say the words Mole Nazare to me, I'm not gonna forget who he is. Probably. Well, that is the upside of the ones that have very straightforward names. You know, I remember Traffic Light Dimension much more easily than I remember Bara Devil. He's so he's probably he's better than like Rhino Nazare, right? He's better than. Manta Raid Nazare. Oh yeah, for sure. Um He's or Stingray. Stingray Nazare. Stingray, that's what it was. How would you put him against like Elephant Nazare? Elephant Nazare's big plan is that he he got big and he pushed over a building. Well Elephant yeah. Um he's definitely more ambitious. Elephant Nazare pushes over a building. 
Mold Ezra is blowing up a whole city. Although, Same with po- Rhino theoretically, Nezra. theoretically pushing over the building would blow up the whole city because, of course, it had that new energy source in it. Oh, yeah. Okay, good point, good point. So actually kind of similar. Mold Ezra's got more infrastructure, though, and I like that. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that. Uh, so I'm kind of jumping up. I'm looking at ZZ Giri, the kimchi lover. Oh, he's no ZZ Giri, the kimchi lover. This guy doesn't even love kimchi. Doesn't even love kimchi. Uh, okay. I think he is... Better or worse what? than Chameleon Nezere? He is. I don't think he's as cool as Chameleon Nezere. Okay. I would say I like him better than Rhino Nezere. I don't like him as much as Noparabaro, the immortal Frankenstein monster from Conquer Ranger. So I would put him right below that. Uh, yeah, that works for me. So the new spot number 171. All right, Dave, and that is going to do it for another episode of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we are talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. Um, Dave, if people want to, are you doing the play test, send out playtest rules again for Ghost Sentai Heroes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure, for, I, bleh, I for sure am. Uh, so yeah, if you want to email me at gosentaiheroes at gmail.com, I will uh, get the rules out to you, and I'm super excited for uh, any feedback that people have. Right on. Uh, folks, if you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, or subscribe on there. Tell a friend. Uh, just let, get, the, get the word out, man. Join, join our street team. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a street team. Don't. Uh, don't super, do not yet. The super actually don't. Right now is a bad time to join anybody's street team. Don't yeah, just don't go join out on the street, street for don't no join, reason. Don't start a street team. At least not for something this mundane. Um, although we are, as I'm about to mention, the greatest show on earth. Dave, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth. Aforementioned. Mega, mega, mega.